Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free, I know every part of me is beautiful, and I will always outweigh, if you feel it, put your hands in the air, show some love to the new while you're there, let's take it one day at a time, cause you and I outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outweigh fam, Amy and Lisa here, and I, Amy, am going to be bringing Lisa. Say hey, Lisa. Hello. The question for today's topic, and it's something that just popped in my head the other day, and I figure if it pops in my head, it must be popping into other people's heads. And for me, I feel like I have certain behaviors that I'm doing that are simply me taking care of myself. But then I think back to when I had really disordered behaviors when it came to food and exercise, and you know, some fell into that, yes, eating disorder category, but disordered eating behaviors, however you want to define it. And maybe Lisa, you can help us with that. But I just am like, whoa, how do you know if you're trying to take care of yourself and feel like you're doing something quote unquote healthy slash good for your body, trying to take care of your insides? And by healthy, I mean actual like health and well-being of your body. Or if you're participating in disordered behaviors, does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I think that's the area that a lot of people are trying to figure out and also finding themselves kind of in a state of, well, it started out from a good place of I want to take care of myself. And now I found myself here in this place where 
I don't like that I can't participate in life the way that I used to be able to, but I don't know how to scale back while also still prioritizing my health and well-being and all those things. So what advice or suggestions do you have for people who might be swimming in this water or (laughs) navigating this territory and trying to differentiate what's what? I think it's a great question and we're gonna go through a bunch of questions that you could ask yourself to really kind of figure out what land am I living in? And I think even just taking a scan right now of yourself and just really saying, is what I'm doing enjoyable and feel good for my body? I think that's a good question to just start asking yourself because many people will probably find themselves really, if they're honestly answering, saying, okay, for a while it did feel good, but now I'm at this place where I don't even feel like myself anymore. My thoughts are consumed by food. I am constantly feeling guilty. I'm planning. I can't just have a sporadic girls night out without reviewing a menu. And all those sorts of thoughts are kind of creeping right in. Before we get to the list, I just want to really kind of set the tone here that this is a lot to untangle because weight and health and the changes we make to our weight and our health are really intertangled topics that are kind of all meshed together when we talk about them. And so it's really hard for somebody who wants to take good care of themselves to start by modifying their behaviors for their health and then find themselves in a place where, oh, is this healthy? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm curious too, like how far the pendulum may swing for people. But I guess the answer to that would be everybody's different. And what what I mean by that is, I feel like I went from never allowing myself something to then, you know, living with the as if mentality, which we've talked about numerous times on here, but like, okay, somehow I always use Oreos as an example, but I swing to never having an Oreo and not allowing it to then woo to the other side of, I now buy Oreos and there might be a season in which, and Lisa, you can even speak to this, in which you might be consuming more Oreos than probably you will once the pendulum levels out. Mm. Like it's like you swing, like, and I'm just saying for me, yes, when I started to change my behavior, I swung so far to the right, but then it's like, oh, I realized the Oreos aren't really as magnificent as I thought. And I leveled off and then my pendulum is in the middle where it's kind of like, it's just, if I want an Oreo, I eat it. If I don't, I don't. I think that restriction, whether it's mentally happening or physically happening, is going to cause us to kind of explode when we have the access. So we go from not allowing the Oreos to, oh my God, yes, Oreos. And then if we're really kind of paying attention and and starting to unlearn a lot of what we learned and starting to bring curiosity to the table rather than the harsh judgment and inner criticism, we're really taking note to really be like, yeah, Oreos are good, but are Oreos as good as I thought that they were? Now that I've really broken down this idea that I could only have Oreos either, you know, on a special occasion or never at all, really. I just used Oreos as an example, but since we're just off of Thanksgiving break, I'll just say something I noticed about myself uh, at my Thanksgiving meal was some stuff that I, again, put up on this pedestal and thought is I just eat as much as I possibly can on this holiday because I'm not ever going to eat this food again till the next holiday or however you want to phrase it. But it's like, oh, 
some of this food is not as amazing as as I thought it once was. And that's because I've been in the process and now I'm in the process of I've I've unlearned all the things that I had taught myself previously. And so now I see my plate and I just see it as like an enjoyable time with family. And I cooked every meal. I didn't, I used to alter every recipe known to man. And that was a behavior that was me trying to quote, be as healthy and weight conscious as possible. And I thought I was doing myself a favor, but it was very time consuming and frustrating and trying to calculate and figure it all out. And so that's just something that I noticed about this holiday season. I cooked all the sides and did everything. And I just followed every recipe to the T exactly how it was. I don't care what the butter, what the this, what the that, because we don't have any food allergies in our home. So I just made it as is. And you know what? you know, it was awesome. The cooking experience was more enjoyable and awesome. But then it was awesome to sit down at the table and not have these foods having control over me. I had control over them. So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part. Let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding. Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear, so if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, and it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far, take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code OUTWAY at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think, you know, again, this is a gray area. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I know that gluten or dairy doesn't right. work for me or for whatever reason, I don't want to eat turkey this holiday, but your the rest of your behaviors and mindset is healthy and not coming from a place of disorder, that doesn't mean that you are exhibiting disordered eating behavior. But for you, Amy, you know, coming to a holiday, making all the modifications, kind of just like, you know, making it more about the food than the people and the experience was a big one for you to overcome. But to another listener, you know, it might be totally fine for them to sub out dairy because it's not coming from a place of restrictions, coming from a place of care. So all these conversations are really, I think, nuanced. And we're going to get into the question so that we can kind of start to untangle that a little bit more. But like you said, we're coming off of Thanksgiving Day, big meal, and we're going into the holidays, which brings up a lot of season of, okay, I'm going to take good care of myself starting January 1st. It's 2022 almost, and we're still having this conversation. And it really brings up the question of, do we know how to take good care of ourselves? Like, what does that mean to take good care of ourselves? Has this been modeled by our parents or caregivers? Has our pediatrician, when we were younger, sat down and really talked to us about what health and wellness is? Have our doctors in our lives spoken to us about how to take good care of ourselves or our teachers outside of the topic of just lose weight? And I want to just frame this conversation like this because I think so many of us don't know how to take care of ourselves and therefore we fall victim to the one way that we talk about health universally, which is in the form of weight loss or instilling fear that weight gain means something negative for our health. So for all of our listeners here, just like take a deep breath, relax, and really listen to this conversation from a place of you not judging yourself. You're not trying to diagnose yourself of having an eating disorder or disordered eating, but rather from a place of, I want to feel really well. I want to be a person who feels well and models a good behavior for those around me. And how can I do that starting with myself? So the questions that we want to kind of break into today is, first of all, some of these questions are like very specific. Some are a little bit more macro and might involve more further dissection when you're not listening to this episode. But the first one is, what's your intent behind the choice that you're making? So is there a deep love for yourself and a desire to want to take care of your well-being behind the choice? Or is that a fear of what if you don't do that? So let's just bring the, you know, you said, Amy, for you, like you, you allowed yourself to have foods like butter cooked into your, let's say your, your spinach, right? Maybe you made creamed spinach this year. Previously, was taking the butter out a form of, I want to take good care of myself? Or was it coming from a place of fear and restriction? 
formerly fear and restriction. (laughs) Right. And I think that like underneath all of these things, whether it's working out, are we moving our body from a place of love and wanting to take good care and lubricate our joints? Or even after a holiday meal, we might feel sluggish and moving our body might be a nice way to connect back to your body after spending time with all of your loved ones who might bring in a little bit of chaos. But the question again here is, are you doing it to burn off all the food or are you doing it because it's going to feel good inside your own body? And so it's really hard to kind of really say that like working out after a big meal like Thanksgiving or Christmas meal is a bad thing or moving your body is a bad thing, right? That's not disordered necessarily. It's only if you consider the intent. Going back to your example of cooking with butter, another listener might say, I really don't feel well when I have mashed potatoes. And I love when I make my own mashed potatoes that use a butter sub or whatever it is, right? Can they do that from a place of love and have that be a healthy behavior where your healthy behavior is cooking them normally? And it all goes back to that intent. What is your intent and what is your fear Amy, you know, all of us, what is your fear really about? And I think for a lot of people, there's this idea that we have to look a certain way. It's very deep down. And that brings up a fear of worthiness, a sense of belonging. And that's not all coming to the surface when we're making choices about food or exercise. We're just stuck in the hamster wheel of this is what we have to do. And I am bad. So I did it. But if we could dive deeper into the fear or the belief I think then we could bring some tenderness to it. Some, yes, of course I want to be loved and I want to feel worthy, but how is this interrupting my life through this kind of weird modified behavior that I'm partaking in? Like I said, that was one of the more like macro ones that we're we're kind of talking about. Yeah, (laughs) and then so are there some other questions we could ask ourselves? Yeah, are you able to be flexible, I think is a really big one. And it's one in my life that I try to always bring to the table because when I was super disordered, I was not able to be flexible. If I ordered a meal and it came with cheese, I would send that back. Because if I had a dot of cheese, which I was not allergic to, but I convinced myself I was allergic to, that would set me into a a mode of panic. And when you live your life, when you travel, when you go on dates or out with your family, Being flexible is really important so that you can live in accordance to your values and what really is important. So I would ask anybody to ask themselves, what would happen if you don't do X or if you don't eat X or if you do eat X, what does that make you feel like? So, you know, for for working out, if you miss a workout or even a yoga class, something less intense, Are you able to be okay with that, knowing that there are other ways to take care of your body and that one change in your routine isn't going to affect your well-being unless you mentally allow it to? Yeah, and I would say something I noticed even with myself, and this has not happened overnight by any means. So if some of this seems maybe even overwhelming, like thinking about trying to be flexible, Um, and going with the flow. That is totally normal and natural for you to feel that way. But we have our friend Kat is having a birthday brunch. Kat Defada, sometimes she's on Outway or she's been on Truthiest Life with Lisa or Four Things with me. She has her own podcast, You Need Therapy. She's been a great resource for us and friend, but she's celebrating her birthday and she's having a brunch. And that's something that getting invited to something at a restaurant that I had never been to that I didn't know or have control over or understand and like a group of people 
Now it's been a few years, but that's something that would have previously thrown me for a loop. I would not have been flexible. I maybe wouldn't have even gone. And that's really sad because it's not about me. It's about my friend. And I think of certain events that maybe I've missed out on just because of my fear of how I was going to navigate the food situation. And when she brought it to my attention the other day of like, hey, this is the restaurant. This is the time. I just was able to just like how it should be say, yeah, yes, I'll be there. And not even I I haven't, even though I think it's normal to look up the menu if you're genuinely curious about what you're going to be having. And if you get excited about food, but again, yes, to Lisa's point, the questions, what is your intention behind looking up the menu? And why are you doing it? Is it because of fear or is it because of excitement about eating somewhere new and you just want to check out the foods that are on there? And so for me though, my particular behavior around this has been I'm going, I'm excited to go. I'm not stressed out about it. I'm going to be flexible. And I'm personally just not even going to look at the menu till I get there because for me, I'm good. So that's just an example of how I've seen that play out differently for me. And my hope is that anybody listening, you can get to that point too. I love that. I think it's such a good anecdotal story that really like reminds me of so many times in my life where I couldn't go to something because the food didn't fit what I would eat. And I know, again, a lot of us are going to be like traveling over the holiday or, or just traveling as life opens up again. And for me, I think about traveling for me, which was like I'd bring all my snacks with me and all my food, you know, and I have seen flexibility play out, obviously not so much travel in the past year and a half or two years, but at airports, being able to just like go to a, I don't know, those like shops where they sell nuts and chips and whatever and grab a bag of whatever because it's something to eat instead of the perfect thing to eat knowing that i don't need to starve myself to get to that destination just because i don't have the right food and again nothing wrong with bringing your own snacks on a plane if you like your own snacks but in the absence of not having that available and feeling hunger or a desire to eat something are you able to bring some flexibility Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I did mention your values, so I just want to circle back to one of those more macro questions, which is something, Amy, you and I have spoken about a lot on the podcast, which is clarifying your values. If you don't know what you value, what you want out of your life, it's going to be really hard to make choices that reflect who you want to be. And I do this exercise a few times a year because I'm always re-clarifying what I'm valuing and bringing it to the forefront of my mind so that... I can continue to make choices from a place of who do I want to be? So, you know, for you, Amy, being a good friend to Kat is clearly very important. If you were starting to have those disordered eating thoughts of, oh, well, I'm going to this restaurant. They have nothing on there. That looks like something that I'd eat. Would you be able to say, well, what do I value? I value being a good friend. I'm just using this as an example. And then you'd be able to reroute, okay, there's nothing for me to eat, but I'll settle and have this. Or I'll eat something before and then, you know, get some appetizers there, whatever it is. Just reframing it so that your choices reflect the person you want to be. Next thing to ask yourself is, are you having intense cravings? When I was limiting so many foods out of a state of will and willpower and restriction, I also thought about these foods all the time. I think your Oreo example, Amy, is a great one. And you're always talking about Oreos because that was probably one of the foods that, you know, you weren't allowed to have but hovered over your mind all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, because that's something I think back to when I was a teenager. 
14, 15, something about Oreos. I would see my friends eating Oreos or it would be in their parents' pantry. And like my mom, we didn't do that. I think we bought, oh, what were those? They were snack wells cookies, you know, which I think, you know, back in the day, I don't know what was so special about those. Maybe they were lower calorie or something, but I remember stocking up on those. But of course I would eat like, you know, 10 snack wells. So I might as well just have eaten a dang Oreo, but you know. (laughs) That's what I call beating around the bush, kind of trying to avoid what you really want by having something else, which usually plays out as you having the thing you tried to sub in for the thing you really wanted, only to then end up also having the thing you really wanted, which is how most binges usually happen. All right, next one is, do you know what you like? So Amy, like you said, you showed up to Thanksgiving and you found out by giving yourself permission to eat everything or try everything that there are some foods that you were trying so hard to avoid that you actually are like, eh, these aren't even that fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's happened with Thanksgiving meal. It's happened with gas station snacks because, you know, I've got two kids and sometimes we buy things. And I used to think those combos, I do love combos. Don't, mm, combos. I, I don't, yeah. well, mm. love is probably strong. But I mean, I thought combos were like the most amazing thing in the world. And while they are nice, like we got them recently and I'm like eating one and I'm like, okay, yeah, these are good, but no reason to obsess over buying a bag of them and, you know, not trusting myself around them. Now I think I could eat a few and not look at a combo for several months. And this might go in the other direction. Are you forcing yourself to drink green juice or celery juice because you think you're going to get a certain result? Um, Exercise, are you doing what will burn the most or tapping into what really feels good? And again, that gray area here, that's not to say that a high intensity boot camp, if that's what you like, isn't enjoyable for you or at some times, but it might not be. Or you might find that you do love that, but on a day where your body's like, ooh, this doesn't feel good, are you able to call in rest knowing that that's what you like and that's what you need? So start taking inventory of what feels good for you, food, exercise, anything wellness-wise, and tap into that every step of the way. Next thing I want you to ask yourself is, does the scale impact your health and wellness choices? I get a lot of listeners who will message me and say, I need to lose weight. I see the number on the scale. My doctor tells me it's unhealthy, but I also want to listen to my body. And I think that those things can all be true. You can want to lose weight if you're not feeling physically good inside of your body. But the question is here, is the scale motivating your choices every step of the way? Because if that is your motivator and you are dependent on this number, you're not tapping into how you feel and what is working for your body. You're letting this number really dictate everything along the way. And I know that this is really a hard one to walk away from, and I don't mean to skip over it, but it's a really, really important one to at least mention here and maybe have a bigger conversation about it down the line. Next one is what percentage of your thoughts are about food? Now we have to eat, it's important, it's helpful if we meal prep for a lot of our lives. It's not that we should never be thinking about food or that thinking about it in advance is a bad thing. But what percentage of those thoughts are consumed by thoughts about food? If you're in the 60, 70, 80, 90% here, or even 100%, which is how I knew that I had disordered eating, (laughs) that's really a not fun place to live because you're not living in line with your values. You're not having fun with your friends. You're not living life. You're consumed 
with thoughts about food. I would lose sleep over food. Um, I mean, it was, it was just a constant cycle of trying to ward off hunger to only find myself completely um, stuffed and ruminating and feeling guilty and coming up with something to counteract what I had done damage-wise where the cycle was just, it enveloped me. Like I was swallowed whole by what started out as I want to be quote unquote healthy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I was at 100% for sure. <laughs> yeah, Maybe 110%. But that was really my red flag of seeking therapy before the word disordered eating was ever talked about. And my therapist still didn't call it that. It wasn't years later that I was able to put a label on what I was experiencing. But my red flag was, oh my gosh, I hate not being able to think about anything else. I hate not being able to sleep. This is not the way I want to live. What's wrong with me? And then the last thing that I want everybody to really think about here is what does the voice inside your head sound like? When you hear that voice inside of your head that's, that's telling you to eat the Oreo or not eat the Oreo, what does it sound like? If you're truly trying to take care of yourself, like we kind of talked about in this episode, the voice in your head should be loving when you eat anything, even if it's not the food that's the pinnacle of health. But if it's starting to tell you you shouldn't have that or you don't deserve that or you always F up, like here you go doing it again as you walk into the pantry and reach for the Oreo, I think it's time to kind of take a step back and realize that you're not really taking care of yourself. It's this guise of trying to take good care of yourself. Yeah, I think that that's important to remember. And also, too, we've talked about macros and counting macros like your carbs, your fat, your protein. And for me, that was a disordered eating red flag because I thought about that so much and it consumed me. This is another thing that made me even think of this original question of what is the, how do you, how can you tell the difference of taking care of yourself and disordered behaviors? Because knowing how much maybe protein you think your body might, you know, function best at and carbs, like knowing that amount and having, being able to look at your plate and think like, oh, maybe I haven't given myself any, you know, dark greens lately or listening to your body and knowing like, oh, maybe it would be a good idea for me to throw some extra protein in here somehow, whatever that looks like. That's huge for me to know, like I can still take care of myself and care about what's on my plate and it not be disordered. And so that's where I, you know, hopefully you can find yourself landing one day, but it's not disordered to care about what's on your plate. Mm, no. And it's also not a mandatory thing that you need to do. Right. But for those who are trying to take care of your body, and you know, I think Amy, you're familiar with my modern mindful eating philosophy, which really brings food to the forefront of learning about how it can impact you in a positive way rather than a negative way so that you can connect with food, your body, and make food choices in a way that is supporting your total well-being every step of the way. Awesome. Okay. Well, we hope this episode is helpful for so many of you. It definitely helps me still, even in recovery, to just have these conversations and remind myself. And it really is like a new neural pathway you're trying to build. You know, it's going to take repetition. And so we hope you'll join us every Saturday. We're putting up a new episode. You can even send us an email, hello at outwaypodcast.com. And you can find us on socials. Lisa is at Lisa Haim, H-A-Y-I-M, and I am Radio Amy. And I would say definitely Lisa's a good follow <laughs> and her resources, especially with Fork the Noise and her different programs. Um, if you're looking to dig a little bit further, you can find her contact info on Instagram as well. 
And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Saturday. Bye. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.